Welcome to the Curious and Curiouser podcast. If you happen to fancy what you hear, please like, subscribe, and shout my podcast from the motherfucking rooftops. I'm Caitlin Gooch, your host, and truth be told, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm making it up as I go and letting you be a witness to my process. You are welcome. I want this to be a space of raw, unfiltered truth, the messy parts of life, and of course, something that quenches your thirst of being a nosy bitch who's curious about other people's lives, wives, and everything in between. P.S. Please run everything through your own internal system, aka if something in an episode doesn't feel like truth for you, light it on fire and forget it ever fucking happened. Without further ado, let the show begin. Hey beauties, I just wanted to say hello and thank you for being on today's show. Today I'm speaking with Jessica Pitt, 30 years old, a 1-3 emotional projector and a love and embodiment coach, helping people overcome fear, guilt and shame through self-awareness, self-acceptance and self-love. I just want to give you a heads up, about seven or eight minutes in we have a tiny bit of technical difficulties where zoom like shut down and we started um so I'll, I'll jump in there and let you guys know that that's happening but then the rest of the call goes on as normal i hope that you guys enjoy the show today i have with me on the podcast the wonderful jessica uh jessica is someone whom i met via the online space through human design um i i want to say on facebook but i'm not a hundred percent sure yes yeah it was on facebook <laughs> so you know that's how you make uh friends in this day and age isn't it <laughs> absolutely especially um, friends from the other side of the world <laughs> yes exactly because you're american based normally but in mexico at the moment is that right Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm from New Zealand. We met when I was living in New Zealand and now I live in Australia. Uh so human design brought us together. Uh we are born a couple of days apart, so we have really similar charts if you are uh, into human design yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um so I'd like to welcome you to the podcast, Jess. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Caitlin. I'm really excited to to do this episode with you today. <laughs> so am I, because today we're going to be talking about relationships, um, attachment theories, your own uh, open marriage, and your experience with that. If we could just start with you getting... Um, letting us know who you are and us getting to know you a little bit more. Yeah, perfect. Um, so yeah, as you've introduced me, my name is Jessica and I was born in the US and I'm 30 years old and I am a 1-3 emotional projector um, and I am currently married, as you've mentioned as well. My husband is from Australia and we met in Costa Rica in the beginning of 2020, uh, right at the start of COVID. 
So at that time, I was living in Costa Rica and working as a head chef at an ayahuasca retreat center. Mm. And I lost my job due to COVID. And then I actually matched with my husband on Tinder. <laughs> and um, it's quite funny because I had actually never met anyone on a dating app before. And I wasn't very familiar with the dating apps, but I was using Tinder to practice Spanish because I was like living in the jungle. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I ended up matching with him anyways. And then uh, we both lost our jobs like at the same time, because that's when COVID hit Costa Rica was in March of mm -hmm. 2020. And so, yeah, we spoke online for like a couple of weeks. And then he asked me to come in quarantine with him. And <laughs> um, like in Costa Rica. Yeah, in Costa Rica. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it took me about two weeks to finally make the decision that I was going to go and uh, meet him. <laughs> yeah. And mainly it was because my 28th birthday was coming up and I didn't want to celebrate my birthday alone at the retreat center because at this point, like the retreat property was on like complete isolation mm -hmm. and they weren't letting anybody like come or go. And I was the only one on the property. Yeah. Um, other than like the Costa Rican men who would come to like tend the garden and stuff like that a couple times a week. Yeah. And so I didn't want to spend my birthday alone. And I just thought, well, there must be some reason why I matched with this person. Um, because I also had like a really deep knowing um, after my 25th birthday, I had this kept feeling like my whole life was going to change on my 28th birthday. And so because I matched with him and like COVID hit and all these things were changing, like the world was changing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, it's time to go and meet him. So yeah, then I met him and um, some like we just got right into the nitty gritty of what we were like looking for in our lives, like what we wanted our life to look like, what were our core values, just like going over everything. And somehow like everything just magically aligned. Um, <laughs> I've got and, goosebumps. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And like, neither of us were really like living a very conventional life when we met. And mm -hmm. we were both really passionate about a lot of travel and like constantly moving around. And um, he's a skydiving instructor. So mm -hmm. um, when I had met him, he had been like moving countries every three months uh, skydiving. Wow. And um, so, yeah, we met and within four days, I knew that I wanted to share my life with him. I'd never wanted to be married or anything like that. But um, after we got to know each other because it was quarantine and we had like nothing to do but sit inside and talk, like the beaches were closed, everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, within four days, I was like, yeah, I really believe that this is a person that I want to share my life with. Like I can continue to be myself. I can continue to chase my dreams and I can like really grow with this person. Like we had a lot of commonalities like within our core values but a lot of differences in our lives like um, when I met him I had been completely sober for over two years like no drinking alcohol like mm -hmm. nothing um, and I was like on a really deep spiritual path like mm -hmm. um, in 2018 I ended a really toxic um, abusive seven-year-long relationship with a narcissist actually and um, when I ended that relationship for a year and a half, like until I met my partner now, um, I was on a really deep, like healing, self-discovery, self-love journey and um, a very like uh, 
you know, I took that journey down a spiritual path, like doing lots of yoga and meditation, working with lots of plant medicines and things like that. Mm -hmm. And my partner is like not spiritual whatsoever. Um, (laughs) And he talks a lot about how much he loved to party and go on dates and (laughs) do a lot of activities that I hadn't really been doing. Um, but he was extraordinarily emotionally mature and like really conscious and just like intuitively had a very clear mind and was like really grounded. And so I knew that being with him was going to provide a lot of growth for me and that I could really be the person that I wanted to be, um, in this partnership. So on the sixth day that we were together, I proposed to him. Um, because he told me that one of his dreams was to live in Hawaii and skydive there. So I just said, like, if you marry me, then, you know, we can live in Hawaii and you can skydive. And um, yeah, so he said yes. And then we stayed in Costa Rica for about another month and a half. Great. So this is the part where we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but the show will go on. Hi, you're back. <laughs> I don't know what happened. You just froze and then um, my, it was like, just went back to loading. So I was like, I don't know if that was like your end or my end. I don't know. It just, all of a sudden you disappeared and it said that I was the host and oh. it was still recording. So <laughs> weird. Okay. Um, well, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. um when the last thing I heard was um you talking about your partner now and knowing that he was grounded um like he liked different things too but he was grounded and emotionally mature yeah yeah so he was like extremely conscious and just like very emotionally mature and very like self-aware and um really passionate about relationships and things like that Mm -hmm. And so, um, on the sixth day, I actually proposed to him, um, because he told me that he had always dreamed of living in Hawaii and he he had actually also told me that he, um, had a plan to marry a friend of his, um, to exchange visas. Um, and so that's like how the idea of marriage, like really came up for me because I had never wanted (laughs) to be married. And I was like, I definitely want to share my life with this person. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, he told me he dreamed of living in Hawaii and skydiving in Hawaii. So on our sixth day together, I was just like, yeah, if you marry me, then you can live in Hawaii and like we can live in Hawaii and you can skydive and we can just like travel the world together. And, you know, of course he, he said yes. And, um, you know, it was really like a combination of a lot of things. Like we were really growing in love with each other. And even though it happened really quickly, like we discussed everything about our lives and everything about relationships. We talked about all of our past relationships. We talked about, you know, what success looked like to us, what we wanted to, what our ideal life looked like. Like neither one of us um, have ever wanted kids, which is a big thing, like to find someone Mm -hmm. else who also doesn't want to have kids. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we spent like another month and a half, um, close to two months in Costa Rica in quarantine. And then we decided to go to the U.S. because, Um, that's like kind of another thing about us getting married as well as like, in order to be together, we actually had to get married because at this point, Australia was on complete lockdown. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and pretty much the entire world was shut down except for the U.S. And Mm -hmm. so obviously we needed to make money. Um, So we went to the U.S. so that I could work. And then, um, you know, we did like his permanent residency thing and stuff, which was great because um, we actually thought he had to go back to Australia. Mm -hmm. And um, so he was only supposed to be in the U.S. for three months. And, you know, we're like, okay, we're going to get married. He's going to go back to Oz. And then like, it was kind of like, shit, I don't know what's going to happen then because Australia was like in like lockdown, lockdown. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we were like, we don't know what's going to happen pretty much. Um, But then we got married and we hired a lawyer and the lawyer was like, don't leave the U.S. Um, So that was really great. We um, built a bed in the back of my car and we drove uh, cross country twice and visited 28 states in six months. And then we moved to Hawaii for five months and like partied and skydived and like had a lot of fun in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And then we went back to the US. Um, And then um, because he's a skydiving instructor, he works for like six or seven months of the year during like the summer season in the US. Mm -hmm. and then has five months off. So last year we came down to Mexico for the first time and like backpacked around for five months. And then we went back to the US for another skydiving season. And now we're back in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And this summer, um, I decided to start a coaching business. Um, I've always wanted to work online, of course, to sustain my lifestyle of always traveling. And I love working with people. And Mm -hmm. it's really great because I have always felt like I'm here to be of service. And um, it's really great because then I found human design and my (laughs) incarnation cross is actually the right angle cross of service. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I feel (laughs) you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I decided to start a coaching business this year. Um, The idea really came about in June um, and I didn't, we didn't start like making content or like really putting the brand out there until September of this year. And then um, about two weeks ago, I signed my first client and today I actually signed my second client. So I'm, (laughs) yeah, I'm really grateful. And, you know, so I, I am like, uh, I'm a love embodiment coach. And, you know, I just changed my Instagram handle the other day to just the love coach, because Mm -hmm. one thing I'm so passionate about is love first Mm -hmm. and foremost, self love, loving yourself and accepting yourself. And it's like through that divine unconditional love with yourself that you're able to, you know, have more love in your life, like with others. And so, yeah, that's my story in a nutshell. (laughs) oh I didn't know all of this and like I I'm a big fan like I love that so much um you know I feel like sometimes in this day and age hearing that it was six days before you propose like people are like it needs to be this amount of time and then this needs to happen and there's like all these things so I'm really curious like did you come up against any of that with other people in your life like um did those thoughts like come to your mind as well, even though you knew that you were going to make this decision to propose, like, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, um, as far as like from other people, um, most people who have known me for a really long time know that I am very unconventional in a lot of ways. Like my (laughs) parents, especially like they, 
I mean, when I told them, like I called them afterwards and was like, I'm engaged to this guy that I just met six days ago. (laughs) (laughs) They were honestly just like, that's great. Like, (laughs) yeah. I think that they weren't very surprised. I, I was actually quite surprised at how unsurprised they were, but then I just realized like, you know, I do a lot of like really random stuff that they don't, that they would never do themselves, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then as far as myself goes, like um, it's funny because even though I wasn't looking for a relationship, like, yes, I'd never wanted to be married. And at that time I was like, I was not even looking for a relationship whatsoever. Like I wasn't even Mm -hmm. entertaining the idea of a relationship. I was like, just having the best relationship with myself and just like really enjoying my life. And I was like, you know, I'm a chef. Like, this is one of my biggest dreams in life. I'm living in a foreign country, which is one of my biggest dreams. Like Mm -hmm. I was just like flying high on myself. Um, but then, um, you know, as we got to know each other and all of these things just lined up. Um, and I think like what really did it for me was, um, he pulled up a school of life video on YouTube about like how to be a good partner and how to have, how to be like emotionally mature. Yeah. And at the time, like my, my partner, uh, Cameron is his name. He's four and a half years younger than me. Yeah. Um, And I had never dated anyone who was younger than me or had like a serious (laughs) relationship with anyone younger than me. But the fact that he was only 23 years old at the time and he was like, you know, pulling up all these YouTube videos about like personal development and and maturity and things like this. I was just like, wow, I've never really known a guy who's done that before, much less like a young guy. And he's super ambitious and really like driven and super passionate about like creating his own reality and just like living a life that he really wants to live. Yeah. And so I found that to be like really attractive. And then um, on the fourth day, like what really came to me was just that, like, if I leave this person and, you know, he goes and marries some other chick (laughs) and I walk away from this person, like, I'm actually going to regret that. Um, Because it's quite interesting, like, before I met Cameron, whenever I had pictured my future self, I had pictured myself alone. And it wasn't in like a sad way, or like, oh, I'm never going to be with anyone, or like, I'm always going to be alone. It was a very Mm -hmm. positive thing when I would picture my future self alone, because I was like, I'm a very like independent woman. And, you know, I just want to like follow my dreams and like not let anyone else like have a say (laughs) in what I'm going to do in my life, you know? Yeah. Um, But then another part of why I always pictured myself alone was because I really love change. Like I love changing my external environment and I'm always changing like internally, like yeah, you know, I have my my true self, but one of my biggest things in life is like non-attachment to identity. So yeah. even though I know like my true self, I'm always expanding and always learning and growing. And like, you know, I don't hold on to any specific like belief system or anything. I'm always just like open to whatever is going to help me grow as a person. Yeah. And before meeting my partner, I had I didn't know that there was another me out there. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah. And so then when we met and like everything lined up, I was like, wow, this is somebody who's like totally equal to me. 
in all the ways, you know, like he loves to move around. He's always like learning and growing and doing what he can to like expand his mind and, um, you know, and doing it in such a different way than me as well. Like I, Mm -hmm. I chose like the spiritual path in order to like expand my mind and my heart. You know, I chose psychedelics Mm -hmm. to expand my mind and my heart. And he wasn't doing any of that. He was just naturally just doing it on his downtime and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, so I just thought that was really fascinating. I mean, and even to this day, he, I still find him to be such an anomaly, like, um, you know, like he (laughs) was really fortunate and really blessed with like amazing parents who like his earliest memory, he always says is his parents telling him that he can do anything he wants and be anything he wants. And they're still going to love him and accept him for whoever he is. Mm-hmm. And he's always just been really secure within himself and very like, like he knows who he is. And I just found that to be really like admirable because that wasn't my case. Like I had mm-hmm. to really work hard to become secure you know, yeah. like I had an extremely avoidant attachment style. Yeah. Um, and it took a lot of work to grow into security. But when I met my partner, he just naturally was already very secure <laughs> in all the ways. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when I proposed to him, like, I don't know, I just, I really knew that it was the, the right decision. And, um, you know, it's funny because we got married two months later. Mm -hmm. And right after we got married, I did have a thought at one point where I was like, you know, what did I like, have I somehow like, I don't know, I just had this moment of of, of a thought of like, did I make the wrong decision? Like, not anything to do with him, but because he was really young when I met him, like 23. Um, And so right after we got married, like a few days after the wedding, I was like, shoot, did I, have I like somehow like put myself in this person's path, you know? Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is that we have always had like incredible communication. And, um, so I just like voiced that to him and he was just (laughs) like, now, obviously like every decision that I make in my life is what I want to do, you know? Yeah he doesn't struggle with boundaries or anything like that. He knows who he is. He knows what he likes. He knows what he wants. And there's no wow. like staying away from that or being influenced by anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Which was never me. So I, I would, it took me a long time, actually, like well, probably over a year actually to realize that it's, that's just him, yeah. you know? And, and I was like, it took me, even after he said it a few times, I was still kind of looking at it through my own lens of like struggling yeah. with boundaries and like being a recovering people pleaser. I just didn't understand how it would be to just truly just stick with your boundaries. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then like another thing, um, well, I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll end it there and, and see what your next question is. <laughs> I just um, like love hearing the story. Like I, I am a self-proclaimed nosy bitch. So like all of this is just like, I don't know. I just love other people's stories. I love hearing like the why, the how things like were navigated in your brain. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, we haven't really mentioned it here. Uh, yet but one of the things that um, I've been excited to talk to you about 
um, is the fact that you and your partner are in a non-monogamous relationship or mm -hmm. marriage, I should say. So um, one, what does that mean? Uh, like, what does that look like? How does that work? Like, there's so many questions that come up for me um, that I'm curious about if you would like to share. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I absolutely love sharing about this stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I can answer all of your questions. So um, <laughs> when I ended my seven year long relationship back in 2018, I made a vow after that, that I was never going to be in a monogamous relationship again. And it's because um, during that seven year long relationship, like it was a really unhealthy, toxic, abusive relationship. But um, for the, the for five out of the seven years, um, my sexual needs weren't being met because we, we weren't having sex. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I really loved my ex-partner, like, you know, aside from all of the toxicity and stuff like that, I actually did love my partner. Mm -hmm. And um, towards the end, like within the last two years that we were together, I had asked to open the relationship because um, it was really at the time, the only thing I could think of that might keep the relationship together, which obviously looking back, that would have never worked. Um, <laughs> But I was like, you know, I really love you and I want to stay with you, but my needs aren't being met in this relationship at all. So I'd love to, to open it up. Um, and obviously the answer was always no. And it's a good thing that it was because at the end I left that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and then a few months after I ended that relationship, I was actually in Costa Rica um, doing my yoga teacher training. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, this is such a funny story um but I was in Costa Rica for the first time um doing my yoga teacher training and I was doing it with one of my best friends at the time and she was this chick who is just like the most badass chick ever and we like instantly became best friends when we met at the yoga studio and she is married and she's non-monogamous and she's bisexual and she would always tell me about, you know, her open marriage and all mm -hmm. of her boyfriends and all of her girlfriends and like how she had like all these different relationships going on. Yeah. And I always just thought like, wow, that is so cool. And not only did I think it was cool, but she was so like, she is like so unapologetically herself. Like she had no shame about like sharing about her sexuality or her marriage or her relationship style, like just no shame about any of it. And that was something I really admired because I, I craved that authenticity within myself. Mm -hmm. And so when we were at the yoga teacher training, um, she was telling me that she was trying to be celibate um, for the yoga teacher training, which like, obviously she wasn't going to be having sex with anyone else, but she was like, I'm even not going to masturbate. Like I'm going to yeah. try to go the full time without any sex. Yeah. And <laughs> she's a very sexual person. So naturally, as she wasn't having sex, all we did all day was talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> like when we weren't like at our yoga classes, like we were just yeah. talking about sex the whole entire time. <laughs> and um, I opened up to her about the fact that I was always really attracted to women and that I would have like all these like crazy, like sex dreams with women. Mm -hmm. but I was like, but I'm not like bisexual. Like I always, like, I always told myself like, yeah, I love kissing girls. Like, yeah, I'm attracted to girls, but like, I'm not bisexual yeah. um, because I really like dating men, you know? 
And um, yeah, while we were there, she was like, oh, you know, if you ever want to experience a woman, like I'd yeah. love to be your first. <laughs> and because she was my best friend, I was like, well, I don't know, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And then at the end of our teacher training, um, she was like, oh, you can stay in my hotel room with me. Like I rented a hotel room afterwards. We can have like a pamper party and like a girl's yeah. night. And now we'll do like face masks and like, yeah. you know, do that. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that sounds great. So we went to the hotel room and, you know, we were naked the whole entire time and we were like exfoliating ourselves and yeah. like, doing all this like nice, like spa day type things. And then I said to her, like, you know, I really want to thank you for allowing me to stay here. Like, I'd love to give you a massage. I used to love giving massages. So mm -hmm. she said yes. And then I gave her a massage and, you know, one thing led to another and I ended up you know, experiencing sex with a woman, with just mm -hmm. a woman. Cause I had done a lot of threesomes, like when I was younger in high school and stuff, but this was my yeah. first experience, like full blown with a woman. Yeah. And I really loved it, but I really loved it because it was with my best friend and it was just really fun and playful. And, mm -hmm. but either way that happened. And then I was like, maybe I am bisexual, you know, like that was really enjoyable. And I'd love to experience that some more. Mm -hmm. And so then I thought like at that point I was like, okay, well I am bisexual and I really love how like a non-monogamous relationship sounds. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked how, just how free it was, you know? Yeah. And then I went back to the U S after three months in Costa Rica and I started to actually like study non-monogamy, like read books and listen to podcasts. And then I ended up getting into two relationships when I was back in the US. So I was like dating mm -hmm. these two different guys. And um, one of them was also non-monogamous. So he had another like girlfriend as well. And so that was like my first real experience with like polyamory, you know, like I had two boyfriends and everyone knew each other. Like we all lived in a really small like community where 90% of the community are, are poly people. It's mm -hmm. very like free love, like a lot of just like everyone's just down to exchange affection and like even platonically, you know, I mean, it was a really special yeah. place. Um, but yeah, then that was like my real first experience with non-monogamy. And so then when I met my partner now, um, mm -hmm. you know, I told him like right away when we were just getting to know each other, I told him like, yeah, I'm a bisexual polyamorous woman. And then um, when I proposed to him, <laughs> I was like, you can marry me. And, you know, we'll be in a non-monogamous relationship. Like, you know, you can sleep with other girls. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know, I, I enjoyed having threesomes. And so obviously as a 23 year old guy, <laughs> he was like, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and he had never been in a non-monogamous relationship before. And I mean, he never like cheated on any of his past partners or anything like that. But um, he does have this thing called outer vision, which is like a human design term yeah. where he like very much in his design, he's all about how things look and he has like a very specific type and he builds attraction through physical appearance, like Mm -hmm. not in like a shallow or a superficial way. It's like, truly that's what the outer vision means. Like that's how yeah. they build attraction. And 
Um, so, you know, he was like, yeah, I, I think that non-monogamy is for me because like when I'm with a partner, like, obviously I, you know, I'm in a monogamous relationship, like I'm not going to do anything. He's like, but I still get really attracted to other people just naturally, you know, I can't help it. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, he was like, yeah, I do believe that non-monogamy is more the style of relationship that actually aligns with who I am. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, um, our relationship was non-monogamous from the very beginning. And then um, another really funny thing is that um, we actually had a threesome on our wedding night. <laughs> I mean, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, one of my um, really good friends who I had kind of like already fooled around with a little bit, um, not the one that I slept with in Costa Rica, but another one. Yeah. Um, she was the only friend who came to my wedding and um so yeah we had like a, a threesome on our wedding night and it was really great um you know because it was with one of my really good friends and there was just like a lot of mutual respect and mutual love and it was just like a really beautiful experience mm-hmm. um but then um after that the next time that we ended up having a threesome was um like a few months later um, with some like chick that we met on a dating app and like went out for drinks with and it wasn't a very pleasant experience Mm -hmm. and um because we because it was such a new experience for us like you know we didn't discuss like boundaries beforehand with within ourselves or with like the other woman yeah um and we didn't really you know, we didn't discuss like a whole lot of things yet because we were just navigating all of these new situations. Yeah. And so, yeah, we had that other threesome and it wasn't that enjoyable. So then after that, I was kind of like, "Um, I'm kind of done like having threesomes, like it's not feeling good for me. Mm -hmm. And so then, um, you know, we ended up moving to Hawaii where we both like, were always making out with girls, like, you know, together and separately and things like that. And it was really cool because like throughout our entire relationship now, like coming up to, you know, almost three years, um, we have experienced a lot of experiences that have helped us on an individual level and us as a Mm -hmm. couple to grow and to learn more about ourselves and learn more about each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Excuse me. So like where we're at right now in our, in our non-monogamous marriage is that we actually date people separately And um, we no longer try to like date girls together or, you know, have threesomes. It's more so just like I go on dates or, you know, I sleep with other men mostly um, and he goes on dates and sleeps with other women. Mm -hmm. Um, And we found that to be working the best for us um, at this time. And so, yeah, it's really amazing. Like I think non-monogamy is it's not for everyone (laughs) and it does like, it sounds like a lot of fun, which it can be a lot of fun, but it also takes a lot of work um, Mm -hmm. because there has to be like constant, constant communication and something that Cameron and I do that, you know, I'm really grateful for. And, you know, that just that we've decided that we're going to do in our relationship is like, we have a constant dialogue going around our like around the boundaries and the limitations and like our wants and our needs and our desires within our Mm non-monogamous partnership. Yeah. And so, um, it's really great because, you know, we're just like, we go through waves as well. Like, um, for example, when we were living in the U S um, on the East coast for his work, like neither of us 
saw anyone else or did anything with anyone else outside of our like partnership. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're kind of both, we go through like different seasons, I like to call them. And, and sometimes Mm -hmm. our seasons are different as well. Like there are some moments where Cam is like going on a lot of dates and I'm not seeing anyone or doing anything outside of the relationship. And then there's been a lot of times where I've been doing stuff and he hasn't. Um, and so that's definitely something that, um, we've been like learning to navigate, like, especially Mm -hmm. for me on a very personal level, like learning that, you know, it's okay for my partner to be exploring with other people when I'm not, because mm-hmm. in the beginning, like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the beginning, I was like, well, if he's seeing stuff, if he's seeing people, then I need to be seeing people, you know, like to really make yeah. myself feel like secure in that. But yeah. the best thing is that over time, you know, I've learned to just be secure without that, you know, I've learned that like, oh, my, my need to like go and be with people just because he's being with people was actually just like coming from a place of insecurity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, it's just been like really great. And I I think I actually, I skipped one of your questions where you just said like, what is non-monogamy or what is a non-monogamous partnership? So basically there are many different forms of non-monogamy. But basically we both believe and practice like exploring connections, which could just simply be like a kiss all the way up to having sex, all the way up to dating other people, like actually having like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is my girlfriend or my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically like the way that we practice non-monogamy is we have our primary partnership um, because we are married and we've built a life together. And then we have other relationships outside of that um, where we don't build a life with that person. But, you know, like I said, we're either dating them or just kissing them or having sex or, you know, wherever it leads naturally with the people that we Mm -hmm. connect with. Um, And yeah, basically non-monogamy is just not being like solely exclusive to just one person. Yeah. And so, you know, we choose to be in a partnership together every single day, like not just because we're married, but because we want to be uh, life partners, you know, we really enjoy each other's company. We run the business together. Now my business, like he helps me with that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we just like choose to share our life together and, you know, our experiences with other people don't ever affect the feelings that we have for one another. And that was something that, you know, I was able to really practice before I met Cameron, when I was like dating those two guys, I was able to Mm -hmm. like actually see yes, I can be dating this person and really like this person or, you know, possibly love this person. Mm-hmm. And at the exact same time, I can really like, or possibly love this other person. And the way that I feel about person A doesn't take away at all from the feelings that I have from person B and, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so that's been something that's just been really beautiful to be practicing for the last, you know, two and a half years. Um, Mm -hmm. with my partner of really learning that, you know, you, it is 100% possible, at least for both of us to love more than one person at a time and to be able to, you know, divide up our time and our attention and not have one thing like hurt the other, you know, like, it's like, yes, Mm -hmm. we can have feelings for someone else, but it's not depleting the feelings that we have for each other. Mm -hmm. God, there's so many questions that have come to my mind because like I 
I think I've known one person in my life to like is is an open relationship different from non-monogamous or is it just like so non-monogamy is like an umbrella term for for just being like yeah non-monogamy is like the umbrella term so like an Mm -hmm. open relationship falls under non-monogamy polyamory falls under non-monogamy and there's actually like a whole range of other like um, relationship styles that fall under non-monogamy. Right. Um, but there's also like commitment styles that are called like monogamish, for example, where like two people might be exclusively dating or like, you know, exclusively in a partnership together and, you know, they don't have sex with other people or they don't date other people, but they do accept the fact that you can be attracted to more than one person at once. And like, you know, maybe it's okay to just like have a cheeky kiss with someone out. Um, but you don't go any further than that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, the, the term open relationship mostly refers to having sexual encounters with other people. Yeah. Um, whereas like polyamory, for example, is like having, emotional connections with more than one person at a time so Mm -hmm. um you know and different couples have different preferences on what they feel like makes them secure um but it's really about like the foundation of your relationship and really discussing and and also like um for me personally like what I identify as is is non-monogamous but the relationship style that I prefer is actually called a free relationship which this term was like created I believe created anyways by this woman Shan Booty like Shan Boudram Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know of her but she's like this incredible like sex therapist and like um I don't know she just does everything on like she's like a sexologist and, um, I listened to a pod, well, both Cameron and I actually, we listened to a podcast episode of hers once, and she was talking about a free relationship. And I was like, wow, that actually defines exactly what I prefer as far as a relationship goes, because the thing about a free relationship is that it's free to shift and transform and evolve in whatever mm-hmm. way feels best for both parties involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what I resonate with the most and like what I would identify as my preferred relationship style, because, you know, like I said, there, there are moments where I might just be sleeping with other people, or there are moments where I might want to date someone, or there are moments where I don't want to be, you know, energetically and open to anyone other other than my partner. Mm -hmm. And I think another aspect of like the free relationship that I really love is that once you have a relationship with someone, it can transform into anything and the relationship doesn't end. And so this is something that like my, that Cameron and I talked about in the beginning when we first met and, you know, Mm -hmm. we talk about it, um, not regularly or anything, but like, you know, we, we do touch base around it every now and then, which is just that, like, if for some reason down the line, either of us meet someone else who is going to, you know, be a better suited life partner. Or, you know, if we, if we fall in love with somebody else and we decide that that is the person that we want to build a life with, you know, the relationship that we have now, which is like a married life partnership will not end. Like, I mean, yeah, we'll probably get, you know, we'd get divorced or something like that, but instead of it just like ending and then we're like never in each other's lives, it would just transform into more of a friendship. 
you know, or more of like a partnership that doesn't mean that like, that means that we're not, or that doesn't necessarily mean that we're living together and we have a life together. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I really love the term free relationship because it just opens everything up, you know, like it just opens up this idea that we can, we can love somebody and it doesn't mean we have to be with them. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that like the relationship has to look a certain way. And that really feels good to me. Just this like free relationship Mm -hmm. idea of just being able to just transform and evolve and morph into whatever it is that's best suited for both parties. (laughs) Oh my God. So the question I need to ask, because I feel like everyone's going to be thinking it, Mm -hmm. how do you navigate something like this without like jealousy getting in the way, without ownership getting in the way? Like I am or have only been in monogamous relationships and I feel like I don't think I'd have it in me to be like okay with the person I'm dating dating other people like I I feel like there's like a possessive streak in me and like I get very jealous like do you have you ever had to like navigate through that is that just not something that exists for you like I don't know. No, so um, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had moments of, of jealousy come up, you know, I mean, jealousy is just, um, it's just rooted in fear um, mm. at the end of the day. So yeah, yes, fear I that this that. person is going to leave me and not love me anymore. Like that's yeah, my <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what jealousy is, is the fear of losing something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so of course I've had feelings of jealousy come up in different situations, but I know that jealousy is rooted in fear. And mm-hmm. so like, for me, like when I've had moments of jealousy come up, I just acknowledge that. Like, I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm feeling really jealous. And then I start to investigate, well, you know, where is this fear coming from? You know, like, what am I really afraid of? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, I might be afraid that he's going to fall in love with someone else and leave me. And then I go down that road and I'm like, okay, so if he were to fall in love with somebody else and he were to leave me obviously that wouldn't feel very good for me, but I really love this person and I want the best for them. And I want them to, you know, be happy and to live their truth. Mm -hmm. So if he did fall in love with someone else and he left me, yes, it would break my heart. But at the end of the day, you know, that's his truth. That would be him living his truth. And I really accept that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, it's, it's, that's like how I navigate jealousy. So when the feelings come up, I'm like, okay, obviously I'm feeling fearful or I'm feeling insecure about something. Like, what is it about this particular situation that's causing this um, feeling of jealousy? And how Mm -hmm. can I like dive deep into that feeling? And Honestly, I mean, once I start to investigate what's going on, I reach this place where I'm like, well, okay, well, there's actually no need to be jealous. Um, And the fear, you know, I don't need to have this fear anymore. Yeah. Um, And as far as like the possessiveness aspect goes, um, that's something that I just don't have. Um, (laughs) I, I think like, you know, every, every person is, is their, their own person, you know, and, and I want to for me, what was really important was like, I want a partner who chooses to be with me. And Mm -hmm. if they choose to not be with me, then I have to honor that choice. And Mm -hmm. and I honor and I respect that choice. Um, And so, you know, that, I mean, that's the same, even in our non-monogamous relationship, like, you know, I honor and respect the fact that my partner is interested in somebody else, but I also know that he is choosing to be with me. 
every day, you know, and if there ever comes a time where he, you know, doesn't feel like choosing me is the best thing for him, then I'm going to honor and respect that choice as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, all of these different things, like obviously the thought of, you know, not being with my partner, like that makes me very sad. And, and, you know, it would be, it's, if that ever happens, it's going to be a tough time, you know, it's going to be hard, but at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, I, I unconditionally love myself and I know that I'm going to be okay, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I truly do unconditionally love my partner and I want what's best for him and his life as well. So at the end of the day, I just always come back to that exact thing that, you know, I unconditionally love myself and I know that I'm going to be okay, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. And I have unconditional love for him. And I know that whatever choice he decides on or whatever choices he makes is what's going to make him happy. Um, do you guys exchange details of like when you're dating other people, like when you go on dates and you talk about that, or do you have a boundary that you don't talk about what you do? Like, does that ever bring up jealousy or like that as well as just the same kind of process for you? Um, yeah, it's always the same process. Um, as far as like the details that we share and don't share, we've gone, um, we've tried out different things. Like we've, yeah. we've, we've had moments where we did share. And then like, for me personally, like, um, my partner, like Cameron, he like, he actually doesn't ever really get jealous. Like he, there's like nothing that bothers him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, for example, because my partner, um, because he does have the outer vision, he talks a lot about his attraction to other women and, mm -hmm. you know, like dating is legitimately a hobby of his, like he okay. loves to go on dates. Yeah. Um, I have never had a hobby of dating and I've never met anyone whose hobby was actually dating. Yeah. Um, so there definitely have been times where I have like put up a boundary of being like, okay, I'm, I've actually like heard enough of this. Like it's, it's yeah. starting to just like, you know, just like kind of wear me down of like constantly hearing about these women that you're attracted to and that you want to go on dates with and stuff like that. Um, but then what happened for me was when I told him to stop telling me about it, then I started to think about it all the time. Like, yeah. and I started to wonder like, Oh, what, what's this chick look like that he's going on a date with? Like, Oh, what, what did they talk about? You know? And I just started to yeah. like get in my head and like start questioning everything. And then I realized like, well, that's not very good. Like I'd rather him tell me so yeah. then I don't have to be worried about it and, or yeah. like be making up stories in my head. Like I'd rather just hear what happened so that I don't mm -hmm. have to make up any stories in my head. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Like now I actually enjoy hearing all the details because then I can just like hear the details and then it just like, I don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. That's done. Yeah. Do you feel like um, moving from anxious attachment style into a secure attachment like has helped with this and helped you to like be able to navigate jealousy in that way or as a process or like re really feel secure in your marriage? Yeah, so um, I actually had a really, I was an, an avoidant dismissive. Um, right. And so like, I think, moving into growing into a secure attachment has 100% helped me in all the ways because the old me, like the avoidant dismissive me would have just been like, 
like, I don't want to deal with this. I'd rather just be alone and not have to like mm-hmm. face any of the jealousy or like, I'd rather just not face any of the problems. And I'd rather just mm-hmm. be on my own doing my own thing. And just like, yeah. you know, because for me, like one of the biggest, like behaviors of my avoidant dismissive style was very much like this sense of independence, but like to an extreme, like to the point where I was like, I don't ever want to rely on anyone else. I don't ever want anyone to rely on me because I don't want to let anyone down and I don't want anyone to let me down. Mm -hmm. And I would rather just avoid anything that could cause, um, like an emotional arousal in me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Oh, it's too hard. Okay. I just want to avoid that. Like, Oh, it's this, like, I'll just avoid that. Like I was just constantly like, just, always wanting to walk away from everything. Like even in my past, my seven year long relationship, like God, I would, I would try to break up. I would try to leave the relationship like all the time. I would always be like, well, why don't you just break up with me? Um, like when my, when my ex would like, you know, be like saying really mean things to me, I'd be like, well, if you don't like me, just break up with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and that was definitely like, you know, not a great thing to do. Um, especially because my ex is a narcissist, but was like very anxious attachment. And so obviously me (laughs) always being like, well, I'll just leave was like causing extreme anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, like growing into a secure attachment style, you know, like the, the way that I did that and, and the way that anyone can do that is all that it takes is just becoming conscious of your default patterns you know, Mm -hmm. like whether you are anxious or whether you're avoidant, like you just want to just start building that awareness around, like, what are the default things that happen when I'm triggered? Yeah. You know? And so it's like, like for me as an avoidant dismissive, I was like, well, when I'm triggered, what do I want to do? I want to run away. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to like, just I'm done. Just get me out of here. Like, I just want to run away. (laughs) And so I just started to like, even, um, like, oh, what's really funny, actually. Um, I don't know how long ago this was. I mean, quite recently, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Something happened um, between my partner and I. And like, it wasn't a, it wasn't really like a big fight or, I mean, we actually never have like fights or anything like that. But um, I think it was right when we got here to Tulum. I yeah. was constantly being triggered like every day. Like, not just by him, like, you know, going on lots of dates and like being on the dating apps and stuff like that was triggering. But then I was being triggered in like all these other ways, like with my business, like I was having all this fear come up and all this shame come up. And Mm -hmm. um, like, I was just like all day long, just like in this fight or flight state of just like stress. And it was so interesting because like, I haven't had any avoidant tendencies like come up for a while. Like, I think, I mean, I've, I've pretty much been secure. I I grew into a secure attachment before I even met my partner, like during that year and a half of doing all that work, I grew Mm -hmm. into a very secure place within myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, about two months ago when we were first here and I was just constantly being triggered, I was in such a trigger state that I started to have these avoidant, um, like avoidant tendencies and these avoidant behaviors start to pop up where I had the thoughts of like, well, you know, maybe we're just not right for each other. Like maybe we should just like end our relationship and go our separate ways. And then like, I don't have to deal with all these triggers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I mean, because of who I am and because of my relationship, I was like, wow, babe, like 
I was like, I have been so triggered for the last week. Like just like constantly from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to bed, I'm just in this like emotionally aroused, like just this turmoil, like going on this like chaos going on. And I was like, it's so bad that I'm actually having like these specific thoughts come up around Mm -hmm. like my avoidant patterns, like popping up and being like, well, maybe we should just break up and like, you know, maybe we should just go do our own thing. Um, which was really funny. Um, well, I found it really funny because I was just like, <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm like that triggered just by everything in my life right now that something that hasn't come up for me in, a, in about like four years is like coming up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like being secure, like it just like, you know, it just took me to be like, okay, so my default behavior, my default thoughts, everything is just like, we'll just leave, just walk away, just be done with it. Like, just go be on your own. And so I just started to recognize that every time I was being triggered, that's what I would default to. Mm -hmm. And then being like, okay, so what in this experience in this current moment is triggering me? Like, okay, it's, you know, X, Y, and Z. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how is this situation with X, Y, and Z bringing up these feelings that are really due to this other thing that happened to me in the past? Mm -hmm. And that's really how I started to grow into security was really like becoming aware of what are my default behaviors and what are the triggers that are causing these default behaviors? And just like going through that, like kind of flow system, like in my mind to come to the point where I'm like, okay, actually like I don't want to let this present moment be clouded by what I experienced in the past and, you know, just like working through that system, basically. Wow. (laughs) And um, on your Instagram, you and your partner, you kind of go, you talk about a lot of like the attachment style, the anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, secure attachment um, through a lot of reels, mostly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been, um, you mentioned before you kind of started, that was at September working together on like that kind of content together. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I wrote down these questions and stuff that I was like exploring on Monday when I sent them through to you. And when I went on your Instagram on Monday, you had, I was like, Oh, I'm just curious. I wonder what like your follower count is. On Monday, you had 23,700. Yeah. And then today, just before our call, I was like, oh, I wonder like what the follower count is. And you're at 28,800. And I'm just like baffled and like also excited for you because like the growth that you're having is amazing and the content that you guys are talking about. And I think for me, it's the way that you guys navigate the conversations like they're just so raw and so blunt and like just so to the point for things that not everyone actually talks about um even the one the way that you related it in like a job interview the other day like I just absolutely love it um what's that been like for you for like sharing those opinions and in that kind of environment and also like the growth that you've had in the last few months yeah I mean it's it's honestly very well first it's it was really surprising um when I first got to Tulum um about six weeks ago I only had 14,000 followers um Mm -hmm. and so in and I don't know exactly when um 
Well, I, I could look, but I think it's, I think it was about three weeks ago that we came up with the anxious and avoidant couple reel, um, which, you know, now has 1.2 million views. And when, um, you know, one of our other reels, like signs you could be dating a narcissist just hit a million today. Wow. And, you know, like, oh, <laughs> uh, there's quite a few others that are like getting close to half a million views right now. And yeah. I've gained 14,000 followers in, in two and a half weeks. And I mean, it's, I would have never imagined that that would have ever happened to me. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I owe a lot of credit to Cameron because he is the visual person. Like I'm a writer. I love to write. Um, but he's really good at visual everything. Like he Mm -hmm. loves content creation. He is really into photography and videography and he has a great sense of humor. So he's able to like take my stories and like what I write about, excuse me, and turn it into these reels. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's been really funny, like in the beginning when we first started making content back in September, like I found it to be really stressful and really frustrating. And like, I, it was hard for me to get in the flow and I was just kind of like annoyed that we had to do it. Yeah. Um, but now after, you know, two and a half months of making this content now, like we have such a good time making this content. It's really fun. I love getting these messages out there. Um, and all of the content that we make is all based on my life experience and wow. all of the things that I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, both of us are so passionate about relationships. So we do a lot of content, like through the lens of a relationship, because I think relationships are really some of the best ways to get to know yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like the mm-hmm. whole point of all of the content that we make, um, is to, you know, uh, encourage self-awareness, you know, like mm-hmm. all of the content mm-hmm. is just like, take a look at this. Does it resonate with you? Like how do you, you know, what part of yourself do you see in these videos? Like that kind of things, that kind of yeah. thing. But um, as far as the growth goes, um, it was like last week specifically was incredibly overwhelming for me. Like my nervous system was just like in, like I would, it would just, it wreaked havoc on my nervous system. Like I did mm-hmm. not know how to handle it. Like I'd wake up every day to like two to 3000 more followers. And I was just like, wow, what is going on? Like having tons of DMS coming in. And then like, I started to read through all the comments and there was like a lot of negative comments on a lot of the videos. And I was like, wow, I don't know how to handle this. Like I've never, Mm -hmm. never experienced this before. I was taking a lot of the comments personally, which thankfully I've worked through and I, I no longer take the negative comments personally. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always like open to constructive criticism and feedback as well. Like I've had some people who have has sent me DMS with really good feedback, you know, that has really yeah. helped to improve our reels um, in the sense of like, how can we be more clear on the message that we're trying to spread? Because there was quite a few reels that uh, we made that got really misunderstood by a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, you know, like as a content creator and and especially as a coach, there is some level of responsibility of, you know, what we're putting out there in the world, because there's a lot of really like vulnerable people out there who Mm -hmm. can take it the wrong way. And it really affects them. It really affects their Mm -hmm. life. And so um, it's been really good to see all of that. And especially once I worked through like the not taking it personally and just started realizing like, you know, it's the internet 
And there's a lot of people out there and I'm not going to please everyone. I'm not going to make everyone happy. Like there are plenty of people out there who are producing amazing educational content that Mm -hmm. still get really negative comments. So it's just like, that's just a part of what it means to, you know, be on the internet. And so that was something I had to learn. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, now it's great. And, you know, I mean, I've been so incredibly grateful. Like I've been receiving so many DMs from people who say that they're, that, you know, my content is really helping them and really adding a lot of value to their life. Um, I even had a woman DM me and say that I actually saved her life, like that she was going to commit suicide. And then she found my page and it really helped her to, to choose to live. And I mean, obviously that is just like, wow. Like, I mean, I I have chills right now because I was just like, that is so powerful. Like uh, that's, it's, it, it, that's a lot of responsibility, you know, yeah. to, to realize that we can have that much of an effect on somebody out there in the world. But at the end of the day, like, you know, this is why I'm creating this content. And this is why I chose to be a coach because like at the end of the day, like what I want is to see as many people out there in the world as possible, choose themselves and mm-hmm. love themselves and accept themselves. And So that's exactly why, you know, we create this content and why I started this business. Cause like, I just want to, like, my heart is just like overflowing with so much love that I'm just like, I just want to see that in others, you know, like I want to experience those, like the faces of those people that are like step over that hurdle of like, wow, I really love myself. You know, I know my value. I know my worth. And I don't just love myself for a little bit here and a little bit there, but like, I truly unconditionally love all the parts of myself in every moment. And yeah, that's just, I'm just, I get so fired up about that. Cause I'm just like, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Oh, I definitely feel that. Um, So in that note, where can we find you? Where can people find you? Yeah. So, um, Instagram is definitely the best. Um, I am on Facebook as well, but not quite as active on there, but my handle on Instagram and both on Facebook is Jess, the love coach. So at Jess, the love coach, um, on either Facebook or Instagram, Instagram is, is better. And yeah, you know, I'm got tons of content on there for people to, to scroll through and be entertained Mm -hmm. with and educated with. (laughs) And, you know, that won't stop. Like we've got tons of things in the pipeline <laughs> that I'm really excited to, to share. And, you know, we're just trying to bring a little bit more humor into things and, yeah. and just make things like a little bit more funny because um, the last thing I want to say actually is just like when it comes to like doing the work, like the inner work, the hard work, like life can become really serious and it can feel really heavy. And you're always like in this mindset of like, I have to heal, like I have to do all this work. Yeah. But like there, there, you can make the work be really fun and really playful Mm -hmm. and like, Mm -hmm. look at things instead of being like, God, I have to do all this like work on myself. Like instead be curious about it. Like, Ooh, what can I work (laughs) on today? You know, like how can I bring playfulness and fun into doing the work? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm a big fan of that. Um, So just to end, I have a few quick fire questions. Yeah. Um, What's your star sign? I'm an Aries. I'm Aries sun, Sagittarius moon and Virgo rising. Oh, crazy how like our rising and moon signs like change within a few days. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah. Are you the 24th? I'm the 24th. Yep. 
yeah yeah on the 27th so yeah four days three days um anyway I'll carry on uh your favorite author oh my favorite author um my favorite author is a tough one I would say because I have two favorite books that I've ever read in my life. And one is Women Who Run With the Wolves by um, Clarissa Pinke, I think, or Clarissa something or another. (laughs) And then my second favorite book or like the other favorite book that I've ever read is called Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. Mm -hmm. Um, These are the two books that have absolutely changed my life in the most powerful and profound way. so it's kind of hard because I don't think either of them have really read or like written many other books, but those yeah. two books are the most powerful. <laughs> what are you currently reading? Uh, right now I am not really reading or actually, well, right now I'm reading my Jean Keys book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie. Um, that's a tough one. Um, well, I don't know, actually. <laughs> that's okay. I, I'm not, I'm not very good at like On the spot. remembering movie names. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> weird, but like, I'm like trying to run through a bunch of movies and I'm like, I, I don't have any idea. <laughs> That's okay. Um, one food you would take if you were stuck on a deserted island? Tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. And something you wish you could tell your younger self? Oh, definitely to, you know, just be you and know that being you is, is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I think that's definitely it. If I, if I could tell my younger self one thing, it was just like, be you, you know, and, and don't let anyone else put you down or make you feel small or make you feel unworthy or, you know, don't, Mm -hmm. don't let anyone else tell you what your worth is. Just be you and know that that's perfectly good enough, just as it is. Oh, I love that. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We have loved having you here. This has been really fun. I've loved this. And yeah, I'll, I'll have to have you on, on my podcast next. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I will say goodbye. Have you heard? I'm hosting a kick-ass slumber party for bitches that want to get up in 2023's titties and you're invited. It's called The Playhouse. And pretty much what we are going to do is meet up online every three months starting January the 15th and just check in. Think Legally Blonde meets Playboy Bunny. We're going to talk about how the year is going, journal on where we want to be, hang out with fun bitches and share stories about what's real and true for us in the moment. Drink margaritas, dance to bangers, I mean it's going to be fucking awesome. If you are sick of having your year fly by, sick of the idea of having another fucking boring year or you just want some more fun more spice more laughter in your life then the playhouse is for you to find out more and join us as we embark on a year like none other head over to my instagram the link is in the show notes and send me a dm 
the whole year of connection, check-ins, and more fun than you've had in years for $111 if you sign up before the 31st of December. I can't fucking wait. See you there.